You're listening to a podcast from 702. 702. Comment by John Robbie. Well, it's not so much a comment as some feedback. It's to do with the charges I laid at, Plan- at Stanton Police Station against the, the people who advocate, uh, advertise on posters about illegal and cheap abortions. Remember we spoke about it. I mean, they're all over the city. It's an absolute disgrace and it's an embarrassment. And I commented on it and I, I said this is, this is wrong. And a lot of listeners said, well, why don't you lay charges? So I did. I wandered down to Stanton Police Station and they were very, very uh, good. I must say I was impressed. They took it seriously. I explained it wasn't a, you know, a gimmick or anything like that. It's not a media joke or a wackhead Simpson thing or anything like that. I said it is very, very serious. They opened a docket and they gave me occasional feedback. There was an undercover investigation, apparently. But then things went quiet, as they'd say in the old Audie Murphy movies. It is quiet, almost too quiet. And so we followed up this week. Somebody said what happened. So we followed up this week and we were told that the case is now being handled by Joburg Central, the old uh, John Foster School. Uh, it had been passed on. So I asked for progress and yesterday I was due to have a meeting at 11.30 with two officers who were involved in the case to give me feedback. So I was very enthusiastic about this and I was there half an hour early and I drove down to the old John Foster Square and gee, it is very tatty, I must say. It is tatty and you go in and there's just a feeling of sort of, I don't know, just, just the things are not right. Everything is tatty. The three lifts are not working. Okay, so I had to walk up there just that it's not the way it, it should be. And I called the officer and uh, she was very, very nice indeed. She was a little bit shy, I must say. But she said that she's not allowed to talk to me. She said, I cannot talk to you because you're in the media. My senior office has told me. And she sounded a little bit embarrassed because I said, but hang on a second, this has all been arranged. I was told to come down here and get feedback. And uh, I said, look, I laid charges as a private citizen, not as somebody who's involved in 702 or the media. And she said a liaison officer had been fully briefed and I should talk to him. And I said, fair enough. And then she told me he was at a meeting and that he couldn't be reached. And uh, I waited for a considerable time, and the original officer then had to leave. So I waited, and then finally a, a very friendly a warrant officer who was there came up and asked me what was going on. He recognized me and said, what are you doing here? I explained, and he said, well, let me see if I can help. And he managed to get the liaison officer on the phone. And so I asked him, I explained the guy what was going on, and the, I asked the liaison officer, what is happening about the charges I laid? He could not tell me anything. He knew absolutely nothing. He knew zip. He knew zilch about the case. Uh, he couldn't come down and see me, he said. So my overall reaction was anger. And also, I was very disheartened by the whole issue. So what is the state of play regarding this issue? I do not know. Did I detect any enthusiasm or zeal? Absolutely not. In fairness, I detected that the very first officer was was uh, a little bit depressed and disappointed. And uh, as she left, I said, has the case been dropped? And she said no as she went past. She wasn't supposed to speak to me, but she said no, but no details at all. So before I leave 702 at Christmas, I'm determined to pursue this case and to find out what has happened and we'll get you feedback. Remember we are talking about in a country where abortion is legal, we are talking about, and free, we're talking about illegal, expensive abortions. And uh, that are advertised openly all over the city. Now, I think that is a serious issue. So we will can keep trying a luta continua. You're with 
702. You're with 702. Your number one news and talk station. All right. Uh, the situation regarding tourism is a passion of mine. I still think that we're only scratching uh, the surface. When we were down in Cape Town, we picked up the still tension between uh, tourism, the tourism industry, and also the Minister of Home Affairs. So we're going to speak to the Minister of Tourism, Derek Hanicom, coming up in a moment. EWN traffic. Latest traffic brought to you now by Nissan. Get hardworking fleet deals on the Nissan NP300 hard body and NP200. Now for more information go to nissan.co.za The N1 southbound near Ravonia Road, that minibus accident been moved to the side of the road. It's obviously not the busier direction in the morning so traffic's not looking too bad. The one I'm focusing on where it's quite bad is the N1 north uh, near the Gartsfontein exit. There's uh, quite a backup on the N1 south as well from Sefako Machato Drive up until Gartsfontein. The opposite direction is the busier side and that's why it's busier because it's just spectacular value. Everyone's slowing down to have a look at what's happened on the N1 North. So just add that extra 15 minutes to your journey time just to be on the safe side but I would say maybe 20-25 on the, in the opposite direction. In Germiston there's an accident on the N12 West near the R24. There's also traffic lights out Athol Oaklands and Corlett in Burnham. Bay is not here, Penduring and Crest is not working and Gordon on Deckers in Florida is out as well. Aki Anastasiu, EWN Traffic. Are you looking for reliable, multi-skill driven team members who go further and always exceed your expectations? Sounds a bit far-fetched, doesn't it? Not with the Nissan MP300 hardbody 2-liter base single cab at only 176900 with 10,000 rand deal assist or the NP200 from only 159900 with 12.5% fleet assist for registered businesses. Soon they'll be your most valuable employees. T's and C's apply. Visit nissan.co.za for more. Nissan, innovation that excites. In this radically changing world, if you want to invest, you need to be smart. For example, choose a stock market index that features the world's greatest businesses like Apple, like Coke, Nike, and Google. These are just some of the 500 companies you're backing when you invest in the S&P 500 core shares, newest exchange traded fund now listed on the JSE. It's offshore, but you can invest in rands and fees are a fraction of other investment products. Check it out. Speak to your stockbroker or visit core shares, C-O-R-E shares, core shares, one word, dot C-O dot Z-A today. Core shares where smart money works and authorized FSP. The Money Show. Weekday evenings at six. Ben Magara, the chief executive of the third largest platinum producer in the world. He is our shapeshifter. We're talking about the shifting sands of the platinum industry. We'll also look through SPA's numbers. SPA has bought businesses in Ireland and in Switzerland recently, and they are flying high. That's next time on The Money Show. The Money Show with Bruce Whitfield on 702. Your number one news and talk station. The Money Show is brought to you by Old Mutual Investment Group. Celebrating 50 years of the Old Mutual Investors Fund. Ultimate performance comes not just from the best technology, but from selecting the best team. At ExxonMobil, we select the best elements to develop the ultimate lubricants and choose the best team for ultimate performance. With nearly three decades of outstanding performance behind them, we chose ScentLube as our authorized distributor in South Africa, and Mobile One is now available. For customized lubricant solutions backed by extraordinary service, trust the people trusted by the world's best. Trust ScentLube. Here's to the man who doesn't look to the world for his worth but to himself. Here's to the man who never looks at what he can get but what he can give. If you're this kind of man, take a look at the new look Isuzu Double Cab 4x4 LX. With this new look front styling, leather electric seats, 
roof rails, sports bar and tow bar as standard from 549-800. Getting it done never looked so good. Visit isuzu.co.za. Isuzu, made from real. What if I told you you could have everything you want in a bank account? An American Express Platinum Card. Free access to domestic airport lounges. Not once, not twice, but eight times a year. Greenbacks Rewards. The NetBank App Suite and unlimited transactions. Unlimited. With NetBank's Savvy Bundle account, you get all this and more for just 180 rand a month. See how you can get everything you want when you want it. Open a Savvy Bundle account today by visiting netbank.co.za forward slash Savvy. NetBank, an authorized FSPN registered credit provider. T's and C's apply. Smartphone, DSTV Channel 856 and on 92.7 and 106 FM. This is 7.02. 19 past 7. Let's talk about one of my favorite subjects now, which is tourism in South Africa. We live in the most beautiful and fascinating country in the world, and it's on a continent that every single person in the world wants to visit at some size. We, at some time, we've got a weak currency. we got wonderful infrastructure. So coming, you know, common sense tells us that we should be on a tourism boom second to none. But we still have some confusion over visas and birth certs and now delays at the biometric uh, system at the airport. Uh, Home Affairs is having a dip at tourism, and tourism recently had an emergency uh, meeting. Well, on the line, a great pleasure to welcome the Minister of Tourism, uh, Derek Hanekom. Minister, thank you for talking to us, and good morning. Good morning, John. How are you? I'm very, very well indeed, and you, sir? I'm very well, thank you. Just a little bit worried, though, about you know a, a certain John Robbie making a big decision to leave 702, and he hasn't yet explained <laughs> it to all of us. I'm after- is he going to become a tourist, or is he going to be an investor in tourism? All right. Well, maybe we could talk at some stage, because I'm after your job, Minister. Uh, <laughs> okay. Presumably, you agree with me that you know tourism is doing well. We should be doing better. Uh, we should be. It, it is doing extremely well. It should be doing better, and it could be doing better, and we are working very hard, very well with the industry to make sure that it does do better. What about the relationship between tourism and, and your department and the Minister of Home Affairs? I mean, we know we've had differences in the past. Is that sorted out now? You know, John, it's largely sorted out, but there'll, there'll always be visa issues in any country um, that is trying to promote tourism. They'll, you know, the ease of access to your country will always be an issue. Because on the one hand, the Departments of Interior or Home Affairs, as it is called in our country, will you know have a mandate, and they have to apply their minds very carefully on you know which countries need visas, what kinds of processes, what sort of documentation, how are they going to process the visas, and and they have to do that. There's no question about that. Uh, on the other hand, uh, obviously, in trying to grow the tourism sector, and and here we have massive growth potential. Um, it becomes one of the issues that has to be addressed, one, not the only one. Uh, so there'll be ongoing liaison and interactions with the Department of Home Affairs. But in answer to your question, really, I think the problem started in 2014, went through to 2015, largely resolved. So we, we have a good, good interaction with the Department of Home Affairs, but you're quite right. There are still some challenges remaining. So we'll continue talking to the Department of Home Affairs to to find ways and, you know, uh, effective ways of addressing some of the remaining challenges. The, the biometric issue at ORTI, I mean, we picked up these these 
dozens of calls of complaints from visitors coming into the country who are being held up for hours and hours and hours. I mean, we all agree the idea is good, but the implementation has, uh, hasn't worked. And we know a lot of that is due to, to Treasury uh, constraints. What, what's happening there to ease the situation, Minister? Yeah, uh, thanks, John. Uh, of course, the idea is good, but, but every idea is only as good as your ability to implement it, and that includes every policy. And, you know, you should align your, your policy and what you want to do with your ability to do it and to introduce whatever policy changes you have in such a way that it doesn't cause disruption or that you minimize disruption. And I think those are some of the challenges. So the industry and myself support the capturing of biometric data at the airports. Uh, it is much better than what wasn't really happening, but the intention to capture biometric data at uh, embassies or consulates abroad, meaning that people would have to go to those embassies mm. in person. So capturing it uh, upon arrival is, is a better system, uh, but then you have to make sure that you're geared to, to address it. And, uh, you know, our view is that, you know, uh, take, you know, take a step back and say, look, are we ready? Is this causing disruption? Uh, because, you know, um, a, a few months ago, uh, biometric data was simply not captured. Um, and... The, the, the value of capturing it at your ports of entry is that you're capturing it for visa-exempt countries as well. I mean, there was no way of capturing uh, that kind of data from visa-exempt countries other than at the port of entry. So, in fact, uh, the system before only allowed for the capturing of that data from people, people, visitors from countries where they had to apply for a visa. So what we're seeing at the moment, I mean, I, I do believe that we will find the solutions to it in discussion with Home Affairs. I think it's a bit unfair to uh, accuse the industry of creating the problem. They did not. Um, so the, 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 the industry is very keen to assist in dealing with the problem because it doesn't only affect tourism. Obviously not. It affects yes. business. It affects trade. It affects country reputation. Uh, we've, we've had stories of, of very senior business people coming to do business in South Africa, standing in a queue for two or three hours, in fact, and then losing their con- and missing their connecting flight. Absolutely. Yeah, we be quite serious. So we we be treated seriously. Okay, well, you're telling me that tourism treats it seriously. I ask you again: Does Home Affairs and government treat it seriously enough? I mean, does 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 government? And this sounds patronising. It's not supposed to. But does government really understand the value of tourism? Because I had a dip at your budget the last time we spoke, which I thought was was pathetic. Is there an understanding of the number of jobs that can be created regarding tourism? You know, if you ask the Minister of Tourism, he would say, you know, um, clearly it's underappreciated. The value of tourism is underappreciated. Yes. But if you or the Minister of Tourism would say we need more money so that we can do more things because tourism is so important. Uh, more importantly, other ministers like the Minister of Finance, the Minister of Trade and Industry, the President and the Deputy President are seeing tourism as one of the big growth areas. So it's not us alone. If you speak to Treasury now, and I, I had the privilege of joining the Minister of Finance in one of the discussions with the rating agencies, where they were very interested in growth in tourism, uh, they're the first to say, but you know, we, we've got some low-hanging fruit. We've got some areas where we can help grow the economy and grow it rapidly, and tourism is one of those areas. So there's no question about good appreciation of the value of tourism. And I don't think it needs, John, uh, you know, the pumping of a lot more money into it. It needs us to work smart with the existing money. A bit, a bit more money would help, clearly. <laughs> but uh, I think it, it, it requires us to, to work more, to work smart, 
and to 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 work together as government it's sort of a whole of government approach at the moment the we've made big advances we we, we are talking about the queues at Oh, Atambo International Airport, but those queues are not at Durban. They're not in Cape Town. Okay, and uh, and we are in discussion. I think that's very important. Okay, to say that. let, 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 let me leave it there, Minister. Final one, very very briefly. Um, we've spoken about this before. We need Durban to be the third world city. Commonwealth Games, we've been awarded. It's all gone very quiet. Are we going to host the Commonwealth Games? Can you confirm that? <laughs> Are you trying to squeeze me into a corner in your last few days as as, as the Minister of Tourism at 702? I'm just asking uh, a simple I'm, question. <laughs> well, I don't have a simple answer. We haven't made as we haven't made such a decision in cabinet, to the best of my knowledge. I'm not the Minister of Sport. I think the other question, of course, and you as a, as a rugby fan would be very interested in us hosting the Rugby World Cup. Um, and there was some confusion about whether the bid would go through, but I. To the best of my knowledge, we will be putting in a bid for that rugby world. All right, I'm not interested in that. I'm I'm interested in the Commonwealth Games where we have been awarded the bid. Are you telling me at this stage, as Minister of Tourism, you do not know if that's going to go ahead? You know, it would be silly of me not to uh, admit uh, ignorance of a matter if I'm ignorant on it. As to the best of my knowledge, no, no, no final decision has been taken on that, but I I may be wrong. Okay. All All right, Minister, thanks for talking to us. All the best now. Okay, John, take care. Bye-bye, Minister of Tourism.